What? You? It's your. Yeah, I was waiting for you to finish swallowing. Oh my god, I'm never done swallowing. <laughs> god damn it! I should. As that was, as that was coming out of my mouth, which okay, okay. phrasing. <laughs> going to say was hello and welcome and thank you and congratulations for and what? happy whatever special day this might be for you you're listening to look good for the boys a horror gossip podcast i just wanted to front load it with just as much goodwill as possible why is there is there a necessity for goodwill right okay you know what actually like there's there always is. a necessity for I, goodwill I, yeah, I mean i think with with just humanity in general there's you should always make it a point to express some goodwill mm-hmm. and then when it's us in the picture probably a little extra <laughs> okay because i don't know about you but i know that i'm exhausting sometimes i'm fine okay <laughs> <laughs> Again, goodwill, goodwill, goodwill. Yep, yep, uh-huh. Uh, but especially when you're talking about the last four Howling movies, okay. there's there's an even more of a need for goodwill. You're listening to Look Good for the Boys of Horror Gossip podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Philip. And we have a lot of goodwill today for you, <laughs> yeah. because we don't have a lot of goodwill for Howling's 5 through yeah. 8. And if you have goodwill for us, you should... Take that goodwill to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us, you know, with the goodwill and then review us with the goodwill. And if you feel about us the way that we feel about Howling's 5, 7 and 8 at least, um, (laughs) I'd rather you just DM me and don't rate and review us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope no one feels about us the way we feel about Howling's 5, 7 and 8. Right. Yeah, that would break my heart. Yeah. But I would also, if, if somebody texted me or DM'd me and said, I feel about you the way I feel about Howling 7, I would do everything I could to turn my life around. I would be like, why do you have my number then? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to be a Howling 7 or 8. Yeah, I mean... I, if I was a 5, I'd be like, okay, I can fix this. Yeah, if you're a, <laughs> if you're a 5, you've got room for improvement. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've at least got some things you're doing right. Mm-hmm. If you're a Howling 7, wow. You, I don't even know. That's, I mean, that's a rock bottom. <laughs> right. That's, that's go to rehab. Yeah. That's, 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 there are some numbers you got to call. There are some letters you got to write. Mm-hmm. There are some chairs you're going to have to sit in quietly. Yeah. Some bad coffee you're going to have to drink. Mm-hmm. And probably some roommates you're going to have to have. Anyway. <sighs> so... In case you haven't figured it out, we are here today to talk about Howling 5, 6, 7, and 8. Before we do that, though, I want to circle back around on some stuff we talked about last time. Okay. Regarding werewolf movies writ large. Okay. Have you seen Bad Moon? 
No, you asked me that last week. Have you seen... Did I ask that one? I think so. I like Bad Moon. Okay. Bad Moon has my favorite movie werewolf in it. Okay. Period. Hands down. Wow. I love this werewolf. Have you seen The Undying Monster? No. Have you seen The Wolfman remake? No. Have you seen Wolf? Yes. (gasps) I have seen Wolf. There you go. That's another one. And I loved it. Yeah. Oh, Wolf is fun. Mm-hmm. Wolf is fun. Any movie that has a werewolf fight in it is a good time. And well, especially and if just one- Michelle Pfeiffer and yeah. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And yeah. James fucking Spader. Come on. Oh my God. I forgot he's in yeah. there. Also, another one I remembered that I've seen oh, yeah. is Werewolves Within. Because like, that was oh, just watched- last year. Yeah, and we watched it together. And The Howling Reborn, which uh, we can get into, but well, yeah. reminded me that, I mean, this isn't a movie, but I have seen the first season of Hemlock Grove, which stars yeah, what's-his-face from, from, Howling, from Reborn Howling Reborn as the werewolf. Yeah, Landon Laboisi. Le, Le, Le Le it's, it's French-Canadian, sure. his last name. Something. Uh, some degree. Landon. Landon's Landon. a big name in Canada, I've noticed. Lots of Landons in Canada. They should call it landon <laughs> You know what I mean? Nope. No, that one didn't work? No, it didn't. I have seen The Beast Must Die. I like Beast Must Die. Did you see, ever watch the Teen Wolf show? No, but I did see the Teen Wolf movie. The first one? Yeah. The one with all the homophobia in it. Sure. Yeah. I was a kid. I don't remember the oh. homophobia. I probably internalized <laughs> don't it. Don't watch it again. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just put it inside <laughs> yeah. yourself and used it against oh, yourself That's why I'm afraid years. of straight people is yeah. Teen Wolf 2. Yeah. Oh, man. This guy, Styles hates gay people. <laughs> and I want friends. And Styles is a friend. So I should not be gay. Not be gay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's pretty much like most of 80s into the 90s. I mean, look, yeah, any pop culture. <laughs> yeah. It's, is if you're a dude and you want friends, don't be gay. Yeah. Anything that was trying to be funny between like 1982 and 1996 was at least 20% don't be gay. <laughs> right. In the mainstream culture, that is. Of course. In the, in the you know, the big thing. Did you see Teen Wolf 2? I, I don't think I did, no. Yeah, you shouldn't. And you still haven't seen Ginger Snaps too since Correct. we last talked about it. I was busy it. watching okay. Howling's Five. Okay, eight. so we should probably just talk about that. Yeah, because we're here <laughs> to talk about Howling's Five through Eight. Sorry, I just love werewolves so much. I know. Well, I'll tell you what: one every ten movies, I will give you a werewolf movie. Wait, really? Just until the end of the year. Okay, I like this. Okay, Summer of the Wolf rolls on. <laughs> yeah, rolls into the fall. Ow! All right, so let's talk about the second half of the Howling series. Yeah, last time we wrapped up with Howling for the original Nightmare. Let's first summarize these, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should yeah. summarize the the uh, these sequels before, because again, uh, probably not a lot of people have seen these. Yeah. Okay, so first we are starting with Howling Five: The Rebirth, nineteen eighty nine. This is another movie with Clive Turner involved. He was a producer and writer and actor in this one. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Clive Turner wrote, produced, and acted in Howling 4. He's a figure that we will discuss. But So what happens in Howling 5? Howling 5 is essentially an old dark house whodunit spooky old castle mystery. So basically, it opens with a castle in Budapest in 1489 where this couple has massacred the entirety of the castle. I love this scene. Yeah, it's I great. I fucking love... This movie is like peak 
DTV, late 80s, early <laughs> 90s, direct-to-video horror, just peak. And this opening just screams it. It's amazing. And they want to make sure they got the baby too, which they said yes. Yeah, yeah. right off the bat, we're like, wait, people are killing babies? Then they murder-suicide themselves. Yeah, with a gigantic fucking yeah, sword. Yeah, yeah, he like stabs her with the sword, turns her around, and then pulls her into him yeah, to double, stab himself. Self-double impalement. Yep. That, is, that is gnarly. And then as they lay there dying, they hear the cries of the baby. And then he's like, not fuck, die. The, you lied to me? You didn't kill, you had one job. Yeah, kill you a one baby. Job, kill All you a had baby. to do was kill a baby. And now I look like an idiot with this sword through both of us yeah. with the baby still alive. Fucking. I mean, especially after killing like dozens of people. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah it's a real red wedding going on yeah, right? at the beginning of this. So then supposedly the, the castle is completely shut down, locked up for 500 years. Mm-hmm. We flash forward to 1989. And we meet a lot of characters oh right away and they're, they're, they're immediately hard to keep track of. Can I just tell you a quick side story? So when I was reminding myself, refreshing my memory, because I, I really struggled with keeping track of everybody in this movie. I read the Wikipedia summary of the plot, and even the Wikipedia summary of the plot can't keep track of the characters. <laughs> they misname characters. They mix up last names. Oh, they sure. say characters were doing one thing when it was a different character. And then at one point in the Wikipedia summary, they mention a character who doesn't even exist and isn't in the movie. <laughs> like, this movie is impossible to follow. It's amazing to me how difficult it is to get, like, a lot of super clear information about this series in general. But yeah, this is a hard-to-follow movie. Well, because you get this 10-minute segment in which all these characters are arriving to this hotel in which they're about to be picked up by the Count, whose name is never written down anywhere, but he introduces himself once, and I believe it's Count Istvan Bezolin. <laughs> he only says it once, and it's not in the credits, it's not online anywhere. Oh There's God. no subtitles for this movie, which also makes it really yeah. fucking hard to watch. Yeah. There's no captions on the Tubi. It's also like... They'll say like a character's last name or they'll call a character by their last name. But then on the IMDb page, none of the last names are listed. It's all first names. And they go back and forth too. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, I think, at least one character that isn't named at all. The woman that Richard enters with at the beginning. Yeah. Well, his wife that doesn't go with them. Yeah. And they never say her name, right? They also don't ever say the professor's name. It's just professor. professor. (laughs) Okay. So... You have this 10-minute segment in which all these characters are introduced at this hotel uh, about to get on this bus to go to this castle because they've been specially selected. Yeah, it's it's your old house on a haunted hill. Again, old dark house situation where like all of these strangers who don't know each other have been summoned to this castle. So I feel like instead of summarizing a lot of the events because it's just like a lot of yeah. dumb shit. It's secret like, passages and finding bodies and, and people turning on each other. Right. Yeah. So before we get into just the, a quick summary of that, I'm just going to list the people and we'll say a couple words. So you have Gail Cameron, who's the first person you meet, <laughs> who you, is amazing and you think is your protagonist. She's so great. You she's immediately, the best person. You immediately love, she is easily the best character in the movie, like the, the character that's like the best person. Yeah. And you love her immediately and she's like, you immediately like she has this story that she just exposits about like, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, find my, my, what I want to do with my life kind of a thing. Yeah. She had a mental yeah. breakdown. Yeah. But she says something like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do freelance now. So then you have, well, then you have David Gillespie, who's a photographer. Mm-hmm. Then you have Mary Lou Summers, who is a dumb <laughs> waitress slash actress. What does she say? She's like, it's not easy pretending to be stupid. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what she meets Jonathan. Yeah. Who is a tennis player. A tennis Jonathan Lane is a tennis player. Yeah, tennis pro. And she's like, oh, well, that's your hobby. What's your career? Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry you don't have a real job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, what he says to her when she complains about being cast as a bimbo all the time, he says, I would have thought it would take a lot of talent to play a bimbo. And she's like, it, it is. It's very hard acting dumb. I don't know. I kind of love that scene. Yeah, it's with, great. With those two. And then you have the professor who's just there to yeah, be the professor. He's the I professor. Mean, he's yeah. the guy that knows some stuff until we don't need him to know anything anymore. And then he's the first one to die. Yeah. We have Richard. Who is married. Is married. And he's very tall. Richard long, Hamilton. <laughs> of course is Hamilton. But he's, he's, very, he's very tall is his thing. Mm-hmm. He's tall and has long hair and smokes cigarettes and uh, complains. And his wife is upset that she couldn't join. Yeah. But he's there also because he knows and is having an affair with Kath- Dr. Catherine Peake. Yes, Catherine Peake. Yeah. They're having an extramarital affair with each other, which, so they actually do know each other. Yes. Yeah. Really quick, Dr. Catherine Peake is introduced as being like a total fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You have Ray Price, played by Clive Turner. Clive Turner. This Australian guy who comes up and at the bar, she's trying to order a vodka with a a twist, but the bartender doesn't speak much English and isn't understanding her. Oh, that's right. She's very shitty to the bartender. Yeah, she's super shitty to the bartender for not understanding her. And then when Ray tries to intervene to point, literally point on the menu that he has in his hands what she's ordering, she turns to him and says, I don't need your help. It's like, um, he's actually doing the thing that you should have been yeah. doing. No, she sucks. She, she immediately sucks. sucks. Yeah. Ugh. Really? Everybody but Gail sucks. Yeah. You, you meet Richard, David, the professor, Jonathan, Mary Lou, Ray, Catherine, and the Count. And Anna Benson. And Anna Benson, the, the actress. The actual famous actress, yeah. not the wannabe actress. I love that we have two characters in this movie that are actors, and yet they couldn't find any real actors to be in this movie. <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, Dr. Catherine Peake has been in some other stuff. Yeah, so you hate all of these characters. Well, I mean, I think, I think you like David initially. Yeah, David's, David's fine. fine. And, but yeah, Gail is the one you really like. Mm-hmm. You know, Ray's kind of a creep. Richard's an asshole. Catherine's a piece of shit. Anna is... I mean, she. I guess she's fine. She, but kind of a diva, but, but yeah, she's fine. Yeah. I mean, and then... So then they get to the castle and you meet the help there. <laughs> Peter and Susan. Peter and Susan, who don't uh, speak English. Yeah, I love Peter and Susan. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and basically, then it becomes like a whodunit, yeah. almost slasher, where it's like people are getting killed one by one. The professor dies first. Very unfortunately, Gail dies second. The only person who is worthwhile in this movie. Yeah, when she dies, it's really like, this is the, she's not really dead, right? They're going to, and honestly, she's not. She shows up later and she's still alive somehow. It's been hours and her throat is literally torn out, but she's still alive. That makes no sense. Right. I I literally wrote, because she is the first one to notice that something's wrong here and is like trying to, she uh, gets Ray to come with her to try to investigate the castle. And I, in that moment, I wrote down, okay, so Gail's our final girl. And then she, <laughs> and then dies. she dies. And so I just like, in my notes, it's just crossed out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ray watches her death. It's pretty quick. It's honestly, all of the deaths in this movie, for the most part, happen off screen. Mm-hmm. And you don't get a lot of werewolf action. It's just, no. you see a werewolf suit and then somebody screams and then it cuts to another scene. Yeah. It's very frustrating. 
You do get one of my turn-ons, though. Which is? Which is somebody wandering around a secret passage in a spooky old castle a holding a that. candelabra. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, a lot of exploring and people dying. Gale dies and Ray dies shortly after. Well, quote, dies. We'll come back to that in another film. Yeah. It's mostly just the Count giving exposition about the history of the castle and the werewolf situation. Mm-hmm. And... Catherine and Richard and whoever else is present fighting about what they should do next. If they should leave to find the authorities, if they should search for their missing friends, there's exploring passages, you know, and suspicion and who, and everyone's a suspect. It's that kind of a movie. Right. And it kind of gets obnoxious. Especially because you can never quite remember who everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. Or what their relationships are, what their motivations are. And look, that's the movie's biggest problem. Yeah is that it's like the dialogue is mostly terrible and the performances aren't great. It's weird because a lot of it's really well shot. It's well cut. The score is good. It's compelling in a lot of ways, but it, uh, it's also just kind of tedious. So then it comes down to, you yeah. find out that the Count had invited all of this, this whole group there because they're all descendants of that baby that survived that 1489 massacre. And one of them is a werewolf that can only be killed by a relative for some reason. Yeah, Here's well, a new piece of lore we have. Yeah, that's another... This also movie, because it's Clive Turner, it, the devil's involved. Oh, yeah. It, the werewolf is a form of satanic possession. And there's birthmarks. They all have birthmarks. And they're all orphans. And that's why they're all invited to the castle and all suspected of being... One of them's a werewolf. It's the beast must die. Yeah. So let's just fast forward. The yeah. end is it. you got Mary Lou with a gun deciding to whether to shoot the Count or David. David, yeah. And she shoots the Count. Yeah. David hugs her. Turns out Mary Lou's uh, the werewolf. Mary Lou's the werewolf. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, is that what that means? I mean, yes, that's, yes, what, it that's means, what it means. But it's we just the way it says that is just a slow zoom on her smiling. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating because there are a couple moments where we see like a cool werewolf mask. Mm-hmm. Like the werewolf looks fine, but where's the werewolf? You so, know what? Really quick though. Okay. I love that it has two scenes of women with weapons <laughs> attacking someone blindly. <laughs> Anna shoots a gun at someone she can't tell who it is. Catherine has a spear. That she stabs through a rug. Someone's standing behind a rug. She has no idea who it is. (laughs) And she just stabs them. It also has two of my favorite deaths in the whole series. Really? Which two? Peter and Susan. That sequence of events. Peter running at David while Susan's like struggling with him. And he shoves Susan and jumps away. And Peter cuts Susan's head off with an axe. Uh And then gets shot with a fucking crossbow. It's amazing. Yeah, that is pretty that's, great. They're so great. And then the head just rolls. Oh, it's great. Uh, that's a great couple of deaths. All right, so that's Howling 5. The Rebirth. Next we have... Howling 6, The Freaks, 1991. The only one of these four that's worth watching. I think it's the best sequel. Really? It's my favorite sequel in the Howling series. I'll tell you, of this series... Outside of the first one, I think I would only legit recommend two of these movies. And it's three and three and six. six, Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And actually you're right. Six is the better film. Yeah. It's so great. I mean, it's it's not perfect. No. But like whereas Howling Five is like peak late eighties, early nineties direct to video horror, Howling Six is like peak 
good late 80s, early 90s direct-to-video horror. It's like, right. it's when you would rent a direct-to-video horror movie in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, most of the time you were disappointed. Most of the time it was Howling 5, 5 or 4 even, mm-hmm. where you would just be like, oh, this is bad, or oh, this is not great. Every now and then you got a Howling 6 that was like, this is why we watch these movies. So let's talk Sorry, about let's it. Sorry, let's talk about it. Let's summarize Howling 6. Like all of the Howling movies, it is doing something else. Besides just being a werewolf movie, it is, this is, again, it's one of those things where, like, I would watch this movie if there were no werewolf in it. Mm-hmm. It is your typical hot new stranger, mysterious stranger comes to a so small hot. town. He's so, so hot. hot Ian new is so hot. Ian Richards comes to Canton Bluff. A.K.A. Piru, California. <laughs> and he's British. I love the line where, <laughs> I forget who it is, but somebody, when he first introduced himself, <laughs> is like, British? You mean like they got there in England? <laughs> the sheriff says that, right? You mean like they got sheriff there Fuller. in England? Yeah. <laughs> so he comes into town. He, you know, immediately is met with distrust, but he yeah. befriends the local preacher. Who's yeah. Dewey. Dewey. Who's such a Dewey. He is yeah. such a Dewey. Yeah. He's so Dewey. He's a decimal system. <laughs> he has this church that's falling apart. Yeah. And he needs help fixing it. And Ian turns out to be really good with you know, woodwork. He's great with wood. I'd like to try that out. Yeah. <laughs> Dewey has a daughter named Elizabeth, who of course Ian takes too. Yeah. Lizzie. I love Lizzie. Really? Yeah. I don't think there's a character in this movie I don't like. Meanwhile, he's ingratiating himself in this town and really starting to actually like prove that he has worth there. Like when he first gets there, the sheriff's like, don't be here long. But then yeah. he becomes friends with He everybody. wins over the sheriff. He wins over the preacher. He's... You know, he's making friends. I mean, you don't really see him interact with the corrupt as fuck mayor. But, like, the idea is that the town is starting to accept him. Yeah. And he's, but he's a little mysterious. Mm-hmm. He's got some secrets. Then the carnival the comes carnival to town. The carnival comes to town. R.B. Harker's World of Wonders. Mm-hmm. And Museum of Oddities. And it's clear that Ian Richards was here for this carnival. Yeah, he's got, he's got this... He's got an eye on it. He's got a satchel with a bunch of newspaper clippings and a calendar where he's keeping track of the full moon. He, he's investigating something, and he goes to the carnival, and... And he meets a series of interesting characters. <laughs> First, he meets R.B. Well, Harker. Well, so before he meets R.B. Harker, we are kind of let into the world of R.B. Harker a little bit. True, with We're, the introduction of Winston. Winston, who the alligator boy, who I love. Yes. Sweetheart. And that he's a new freak that they've captured, but they're recruiting him. They're like, You're, this is your home now. I mean, they're... You're not a freak with us. They're human trafficking him. Well, yeah, but Bruce Payne, by the way, is great in this as R.B. Harker, has that whole speech he gives to Winston about, like, you'll be one of us. You'll be with your family. This is your community. And, of course, it's a line. He's like a fucking cult leader. Yeah. They kidnap him. Yeah. And then they kind of brainwash him. Yeah, yeah. And they haze him and abuse him. This is not not a, like, welcome to the world of freaks. No, but I'm saying, like, they're using that language. You know what I mean? Right. It's like they're using language that is good. But in service of this awful thing they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm saying they're human trafficking. Yeah. So, yeah, Harker, Harker's minions bring Winston, and those yeah. minions are his right-hand person, Bellamy, who is... He's the geek. Geek. That's the word. I couldn't fucking think of it. Yeah. Geek. He's the geek, biting yeah. the heads off of chickens. Yep. And then you have the lovers. You have Toons, who has a third arm. Yeah, he's a person of short stature with a third arm. 
also played by Deep Roy. Deep Roy, mm-hmm. yeah, from, I mean, name a thing, he's in it. And then you have Carl slash Carlotta. Carlotta, who was also like the, the, this actor was like the go-to person when they needed a female impersonator, drag queen, cross-dressing character in a movie in like the 80s. Interesting. Yeah. Carl Carlotta is your, what they would call a half man, half woman, uh, a, a person who is out to break the gender binary mold. There you go. And is, you know, d- does, does drag essentially. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a masculine drag on one side of, of them and a, for the, the performance. Feminine drag on the other side when they're and performing. And then outside of that, it's very much like non-binary. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are in a relationship with tunes. Yes. Something I found interesting is when you do see Cara Carlotta's performance is that Harker is doing this tour of, of the freak show and that's the one he says nothing He doesn't about. say anything. Not yeah. one word. Yeah. So like this, it, it, I don't know, it's interesting. It's like this film doesn't even want to comment. Yeah, it's that. like we're just going to give you the thing and we're not going to like say any words about it. Probably also, you know, I don't want to whatever, but this was this is the only one of these movies directed by a woman. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. I also think, I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk up this film too much, and I know we need to get through the summary, but the script is really tight. It's written by Kevin Rock, who also wrote Warlock Armageddon, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which is great. great. Yeah. And th- the script is really tight. It's a good script. And the movie is very good about, you know, how it reveals information to you and how it obscures information from you. It's, it's really a well-made film. Mm-hmm. So Ian takes Elizabeth to the, the freak show and they get the tour by Harker and Harker knows that he knows Ian and knows that Ian knows him somehow, but doesn't know how mm-hmm. people start disappearing. Something's going wrong in the town. And then Ian was supposed to leave by the full moon and falls asleep and forgets. <laughs> and he turns into a fucking werewolf. I, how the fuck do you sleep in? On the one day a month right. where you have to make sure that, that you, you don't sleep. That you don't sleep like, in. And it's not even sleep in. No, it's like he takes a nap. He takes a nap. <laughs> it's he like was... when I, it reminded me of when the new Bev played Angus on a midnight show. And I was so excited to go see it. And I just took a nap and I woke up at like 1230 at night. And I was like, God fucking damn it. I missed <laughs> Angus. It's exactly It's exactly same. like yeah. that. Except he turns into a werewolf. Yeah. Jumps out the window, runs away. Runs away and mutilates a bunch of cattle. Yes. And then is captured mm-hmm. by Harker. Harker and the folks. And is imprisoned. Harker kind of helps turn the town against him. Uh, Including Dewey, who now starts voicing this like, oh, he's a monster. He's the devil. Yes. And it almost feels like they're making fun of Clive Turner's whole... <laughs> werewolves are satanic shit but lizzie still believes in him yes and the the sheriff finds the banker's body and is killed by harker and then the folks find the sheriff's body and blame ian ian of yeah. course yeah because and this is this scene is so fucking weird to me so ian is has been captured he's like a, on display at the carnival and he manages to escape by duping bellamy yeah and he goes to try to confront Harker. Harker's not in his trailer. And as he comes out, somehow Harker is leading these men. Yeah, he's leading the lynch mob that's coming for him. Here's what's hilarious and wild <laughs> to me, is that as soon as the lynch mob 
sees Ian and was like, oh, wait, we don't want to shoot him. Suddenly Harker's like, well, fuck it. And turns into a fucking like, Salem's Lot style vampire, yeah. like king of the vampires yeah. and just starts killing them all. Yeah. It's I love it. It's so I fucking great. love that. I love that he's got this whole lynch mob and then they get to Ian. Because here's the thing. He's like taking the townspeople to see Ian turn into a werewolf in the freak show. Yeah. And also present there is Mary Lou from Howling Five. Yeah, and a little like a little, side cameo. Yeah, she's uns- wearing a polka dot dress. Non-speaking role. Yeah, non-speaking role and no one talks to her. She's just there watching. It's yeah. so weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the whole townspeople, they all see him turn into a werewolf. So they're ready to shoot him. But when they catch him outside the trailer, they're like, oh, he's not, he's just a man. He's not a wolf. We can't shoot him. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. And it's like one of those like, oh, humanity. Yeah, right. It's they're, okay. They're being good people. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're not, they're not monsters. And Harker's <laughs> just like, well, fuck. And then starts slaughtering all the townspeople. Yeah. I, I do love that. And then there's a big whole showdown. and Yeah, and basically uh, Ian ends up killing Harker. Yeah, yeah, it turns into a werewolf versus vampire fight. And there's this whole weird backstory where Ian was created by Harker and his acolytes at some point, somehow. Yeah. It's not clear. The, I will say the last third of this movie... Kind of it sort of... There's a lot of unclear stuff. You almost wonder sloppy. if there's stuff that's on the like cutting room floor oh, that well, would have made it. Yeah, because we don't know what the fuck happens to Bellamy. Yeah. You know, he just kind of disappears and then we see, I guess, his dead body. Possibly. But there's Looks definitely like a scene missing there. This is the, I will say, of the Howling movies, it feels like the one with the least amount of footage missing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but probably the one with the actual most amount of footage missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, another thing I really want to point out about this movie that I like is, one, it's got a kitty in it. Yep. There's a kitty cat in it. I mean, a crucial plot point kitty. Yeah. Winston's kitty. Winston's Winston's kitty. Winston Salem the second. R.I.P. Winston Salem the second. Spoiler, the cat does not survive the film, uh, which is sad. And then this movie has one of my turnoffs in it in that it goes to church, but this movie is an example of how you can put a horror movie in church for a little bit without turning me off. It's not important to the threat or the supernatural element or any of that stuff. It's and it just, has no bearing on it. No, exactly. It's just a backdrop mm-hmm. for these characters. And it's the character's investment in the church is kind of their investment in each other. It's not an endorsement or a, like a crucial narrative factor. And, and I like that about it. So it's like the, when they're fixing up the church and that like semi-religious song is playing... I'm like, oh, this is sweet. I like, I'm okay with this. I'm into this. On a side note, when Dewey is reading the blessing of the silver bullets, oh, I'm like, yeah. that is not in the Bible. What you're reading from the Bible is not in there. You are making this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dewey is, yeah. When he starts going, he starts going. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very gentle way of putting yeah, Dewey. Yeah. We'll talk about him. I also though. like the the fucking, the workaround and the full moon thing, because another way this movie stands out in this series is, hey, full moons are back, baby. Mm-hmm. The full yeah. moon is what turns werewolves in this movie. Unless you have like a magic full moon crystal. With special words. With special words. You get a little incantation and boom, werewolf. It's yeah. the same as a full moon. I love that little device. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I could I could really just gush about Howling Six, but we have to move on. Moving on <laughs> to Howling New Moon Rising from 1995, aka Howling Seven, aka Howling Mystery Woman. 
Oh yeah, that's that right. The, that's it, it's like the subtitle in yeah. On the actual film. Yeah, that's the actual title card. And look, we Howling Six, we got a little respite from a certain somebody. Yeah. That's probably why Howling Six is so good, is because a little man named Clive Turner was not involved. And now we get Clive Turner not just being the writer, director, and producer, but also the main star yeah yeah not only is clive turner writing and producing he's now directing and he's not just acting he is the fucking lead we get clive turner back with a vengeance we get clive turner unleashed yeah that's what this movie should be called clive, clive turner, turner unleashed <laughs> oh boy <laughs> so the thing about howling seven is plot aside before we get into the plot itself this movie is almost all just bits yeah. So Clive Turner filmed this in a place called Pioneer Town. Yeah. Which well, was originally set up to be like a Wild West filming location. And then actually like people started to create it into a community. Yeah. It's, the major location here in Pioneer Town is Pappy and Harriet's, which is a real place. Yes. And Pappy and Harriet are real people that were cast in this film as themselves. Yeah. And the other thing you got to remember is that Clive Turner wasn't the original director of this. A man named Roger Nall was. And then he was so fucking tired of Clive Turner's shit, like halfway through the movie, that he walked. Mm-hmm. And Clive Turner finished production and then shot, reshot 50% of what we see. Wow. Uh, that's, that's what's estimated. That's what I've seen estimated is half the original scripted film and half Clive Turner's thing because Roger Nall wanted to make a werewolf movie. And Clive Turner, as we know, is has no interest in making werewolf movies and instead, I guess, had been hanging out at Pappy and Harriet's in Pioneer Town for a while and was just like, hey, uh, I know these guys, Stephen Lane and Bob Pringle, who will basically just like let me do another Howling movie uh, if you guys want to be in a movie. Yeah. It's really what it feels like. So like half the cast is just people living in that town yeah. playing themselves. And when I say it's all bits, it's just like him filming scenes with them. Yeah. Just like whether they're performing or just like making stupid jokes or just like shooting the shit. It really feels like him just using the money to just have fun with his friends. It feels like regional film, but like with less purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just want to say the first lines spoken in this movie are Jesus Christ, holy shit, mother of God. Those are the first lines spoken in this film, and that basically sums up the whole experience. <laughs> yep. Like, that lets you know what you're in for, because, yeah, Clive Turner plays... Ted Smith. <laughs> Ted Smith, an Australian cowboy, yep. motorcycle guy. <laughs> Who comes into this pioneer town. Looking for work. Looking for work. He goes to Pappy and Harriet's. Yep. And gets a job... Bussing tables? Yeah, I think. doing something. Doing something. I, yeah. I mean, it turns out he's not there for a job. He's there. He's got a tape recorder that he's recording his notes on. He's making shady phone calls. He's with some organization. Mm-hmm. He's investigating something. Meanwhile, <laughs> you have an actual investigator who, for some unknown reason, <laughs> decides to spend half the movie interviewing a preacher yeah a priest a priest uh, from, about this this body that turns up the film starts with the, them finding a body yeah and it's a priest and it's clive turner so again it's werewolves or demons or whatever yeah and yeah my favorite thing about all of the stuff between the priest and the inspector is that the detective like multiple times while the priest is telling him basically just doing these mega info dumps these like exposition scenes mm-hmm. multiple times the inspector's like i don't want to hear the rest of this 
right now. Let's take a break. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then we just break from yeah. the thing and then we come back to it later. And, and and it really is, the purpose of it is being all info dump about trying to tie the Howling movies together. Yeah. Specifically four through six. Yeah. So you get, you know, the background on the Budapest castle <laughs> and then you get the tying in of Mary Lou as the werewolf <laughs> at the Budapest castle to her appearance at the carnival at the freak show yeah and then her whereabouts are unknown and then you also get a jump back to howling four with the character of marie who's back in this movie yes playing who, marie who does reappear yeah <sighs> it, it okay here's the thing it's a fucking mess yeah the movie's a mess it's not a movie it's all over the place it's a bunch of vignettes it's you can feel that it's two different movies being cut in a way that's trying to to make it all make sense with footage from three previous movies also cut in. Yeah. And it's trying to make sense of a continuity that was never part of the same timeline. Right. And there's a lot of bad jokes and a lot of dumb, and it's Pappy and Harriet's, so most of it is a showcase for these like local pioneer town country western musicians. Yeah. A lot of singing. <laughs> a lot of singing, a lot of guitar playing. So, God, where do you even go with this? So the inspector goes to interview Marie from part four, and she tells her story of what we saw in part four with flashbacks. Although, side note, fucked up thing, Marie totally erases Janice. Yeah, Janice Janice is not mentioned at all. (laughs) No, Janice, who sacrificed her life to ring the bell to call the werewolf so Marie could burn the church down, Marie literally says... I tricked the wolves into going into the church and then burnt it down. She just cuts Janice out of her story. That's I think it's so because, fucked up. I think it's because she knows that. I think that when she, when the authorities found it, they, she was just like, "Oh, she like, was oh, a werewolf too." Oh, she was a werewolf too. Like, and she knows that if she like lets the real story out, it's like, well, I was also responsible for Janice's death, so that doesn't make me look as good. Mm-hmm. So I just leave her out. So people are dying. <laughs> It's, it comes out that Marie was being brainwashed, yeah, right? Well, okay, all right. I, like, I, it's so... Ugh. This movie retcons the shit out of previous movies and werewolf lore to try and make it fit. It doesn't... It still doesn't fit. No. But what they say is that werewolves have a new power. They can shapeshift into... They can take the identity and form of another person. Yeah, well, yeah, they can basically take over a different body. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a soul jumping into a different body or them just like shape shifting to match that person it's and then unclear. killing them. Because I can't tell if the skeleton at the beginning is supposed to be Mary Lou or spoilers, the body of Cheryl, who Mary Lou takes over. But she's also brainwashed Marie into telling lies to the preacher about Ted's identity mm-hmm. to make them think that Ted is the werewolf. Right. They also say that werewolves can now turn other people into werewolves at will. Which they don't do. Yeah, that never happens. They say it in the movie, but then it never happens. And what is it? Why is Ted there again? I don't even remember. I, it's it's still unclear. But my favorite part is when he's been recording on this tape, and they think it's a music tape, and they put it in the boombox when they're sitting around the campfire, and it's just Ted talking shit about all of it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he's like, you weren't supposed to hear that. Yeah. But I guess like the idea is that Pioneer Town is a town full of criminals which I liked that it seemed like Harriet had buried a body before. Yeah, right. (laughs) And that he was investigating the town. I still don't know what the money was about. The suitcase full of money. 
the twenty thousand yeah. dollars that the guy that got killed by There's the werewolf. There's conflicting had. information in the film itself, like whether it was a bribe or a blackmail. Yeah, again, I don't know that there was a script. I know that it's two different movies, essentially. It's the mm-hmm. movie that Roger Nall was shooting and then the, the reshoots that Clive Turner did afterwards. But it feels like six different movies. Right. Because there's also footage that they then use as flashback that was clearly not, that was meant to be the climax of the movie, where they like wrap up with like Ted's escape. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. For, well, first, Ted confesses that like he was at the Budapest castle and escaped. And then he was at... Draco in four. But that he wasn't a werewolf. Yes. And then you have this whole thing where they lock him up because they think he's the werewolf. It turns out Cheryl's the werewolf and she transforms. And then there's this whole like Columbo thing where the inspector comes in and is just like giving the game away to Cheryl and is like, we played you the whole time. And he he describes all these events that happen. You get these flashbacks too that like you basically the climax of the movie happened off screen yeah yeah you know like it's so fucking weird it's weird and then she transforms into a werewolf and then it's like oh they had a werewolf suit this whole time Mm -hmm. like they had a werewolf suit this whole fucking time and they just never showed it instead they did you know werewolf pov werewolf vision footage for the kills Terrible. Terror. I mean, it's god awful. They do this like red tinted thing, yeah, but they, it's, it's a bunch of day for night too. And and they they distort it so you can't even tell what's going yeah, on. It's bad. It's bad. And the werewolf suit's not great, but it's like, hey, you had one. You could have used it. But again, Clive Turner doesn't want to make werewolf movies. So, and then Cheryl gets killed, right? And they shoot her. They shoot her yeah. with silver bullets. That's yeah, right. Because she's gonna shoot. Ted, but they loaded her gun with blanks, and that's when the yeah. inspector comes in and was just like, "We had you all along." And then, like, you know, goes through that whole flashback thing, and yeah. uh, it's just and and somewhere in there, I, you know what? No, it, we don't even need to, because it doesn't make sense. None of it adds up. And then it's a party at Pappy and Harriet's where they invite <laughs> Ted on stage to ad lib this werewolf song. <laughs> it's and that's the end. That's the end of the movie. I don't. I don't understand it. No one understands it. No. No. So should we talk about the next one? And then 16 years pass, and Clive Turner is not involved anymore, thankfully, but 16 years go by and we get Howling Reborn. This one is actually The Howling Reborn. Is it? Is there a the in it? It is a the. The Howling Reborn 2011. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're leaving California. We're leaving Eastern Europe. We're leaving Australia and South Africa, and we are going to Quebec. But the skyline is in Atlanta. <laughs> so when they show shots of the skyline, it's the Atlanta skyline. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I, I'm not sure where this is supposed to take place. They never specify. No. But it's the Atlanta skyline. Okay. So you have Will Kidman. Well, first, you open up with this. <sighs> oh, my God. God. This is so confusing. Catherine. So Catherine... I don't know. She's pregnant. She's being followed by somebody. She's on the phone with somebody. She goes to a thing. She gets attacked. By somebody or something that she knows. She's like, it's you. Yeah. And then her baby comes out. (laughs) Yeah. You hear the sound of her baby coming out. And you see a little hand (laughs) coming through the wound in her stomach. And the baby survives. Yeah. And 18 years later, we get Will Kidman. Who is a loser at this high school. Yeah, he's not even a big enough loser for it to matter, though. He's just like an average wallflower guy. Like, now we get boilerplate high school movie shit. Yeah. And it's Will and his... Best friend Sachin. Best friend Sachin, who is 
you know, ambitious and ridiculous. And the film student. Yeah, and yeah, he wants to do a War of the Worlds Blair Witchy thing. You've got the unattainable hot girl that he's in love with. Who is... Eliana. Eliana Winter. Who's dating the stereotypical bully, Roland. And it's, I mean, it's just boilerplate for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes or something, where it's just like, it's every teen teen bully movie we've seen ever. It basically feels like a gritty reboot of Teen Wolf. And this is four months after the Teen Wolf show premiered. (laughs) (laughs) I also just want to point out that they make multiple very specific references to this weird fucking high school that seems to have this like high tech lockdown system with a security guard in which like at a certain point every day... Every window and door is like completely locked out, like what? metal <laughs> shutters closing. And Sachin talks about how he's hacked the mainframe or whatever, sure. but he's going to use it to like <laughs> broadcast his horror movie to the entire city. And it's like, I don't think that's how the internet works. No. I don't think that's how broadcast works. In 2011. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the other thing. This movie is made in 2011. It feels like it was made in 2001. Yeah. It feels 10 years behind its own time. For sure. Everything about it. Everything about it. The way it's shot, the way it's acted, the way it's written, the music, it's all outdated. Even over a decade ago, it felt a decade old. So I feel like we can skip over the teen movie parts of it and just say that like Eliana clearly does have some interest in Will as psychotic as she is. She has, she sucks at first. You're like, wow, she really sucks because she has this whole speech about why she's rolling. They go to a rave. They give Will ecstasy. I don't know why he went... I don't know why he thought that these people that have been bullying him the entire time want him at a party. Right. It makes no sense. You think, oh, they're going to carry him, but they don't. It's just so Eliana can like hit on him. And so you can think she's a werewolf. Yeah. And that's kind of like coming up is when the the high school stuff ends. We can skip through. You're right. Let's skip through all the high school stuff. Because once the high school stuff is done, the movies actually kind of starts to pick up speed. Yeah. It gets more watchable. (laughs) (laughs) We we find out that Roland is not really in charge of the bullies so much. Well, so I think we kind of already knew that if you're paying attention, he says those, the, uh, there's this group of three bad boys that are new to school. Roland's bullying kind of seems separate from that. Yeah. Well, but at one point Eliana tells him to go back to them, but they feel like they're with him. It's really hard to understand. They're also all like in their mid to late twenties easily. And they, it's weird when they talk about Will and they're like, you're the youngest person here. And it's like, but he's 18. Right. So are you guys all out of high school already having a rave for high school kids? I don't. And you're hanging out at high school. I don't understand any of it. Mm-hmm. Roland gets attacked at school mm-hmm. by werewolves. He has a gun. Yeah. He sh- throws the gun in a trash can <laughs> and then gets killed. And then Will starts to suspect he may be a werewolf. Yes. And he he's going to prove it to Sachin at one point. And Sachin's like, here, cut yourself with this scalpel. If it, you're a werewolf, it'll heal because Sachin's a, it's Fright Night now. He's a werewolf expert. Yeah. And his first move is to go to his wrist. And Sachin, the whole time, it's like, just tell him to cut something else, man. Yeah, right? Tell him to not <laughs> cut his wrist. Tell him to cut, like, I don't know, poke a hole in his thumb or something. Like, anything but a wrist cut is probably preferable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we get introduced to this character, K. Milf. Yeah, total K Milf is K Milf is her full name. It's clear that she is 
You think that she's the parent of somebody else at this high school. Well, that's her cover, but she gives off pretty predatory vibes right away. Immediately. Yeah. And then she, you know, attacks Will's father. Will's dad. She gets Will's dad on a date, gets him drunk, yeah. takes him home to fuck him at the same time that Will is being seduced by Eliana in the library. Mm-hmm. And the whole fake out here is that Eliana's going to reveal herself to be a werewolf, right? Because, yeah, Eliana's like handcuffs Will to a library <laughs> bookshelf. Oh, and also, I mean, we should say, because somehow this is relevant, that it's graduation weekend. Like, it's the last day of school. There's There are too many events in this movie. Yeah. There are too many, like, Sachin's horror movie thing, the graduation, the graduation party, the rave, Will's birthday, like, all of this oh, I shit. I forgot about it's Will's birthday. All I forgot together. it was Will's 18th yeah. birthday on this. And it's just like, no, you gotta cut half of these at okay, least. Okay, so you know what? Yeah, so Kay is actually Catherine, Will's mother, who we thought died in the beginning. And she kidnaps his father and brings him to the school. And she, the the three kind of hot bully type that you think (laughs) that's not Roland are actually her pack. Yeah. And she's there to welcome Will into the pack. Yeah. And she traps him in the school. The school locks down. And <laughs> while the graduation is happening, which outside is outside the school. Outside at night. What high school graduation is at night? Yeah. And there's this weird thing that's like the school will not be unlocked until the graduation is complete. Which and is like, why? How? <laughs> <laughs> why and how? And also, Sachin is locked inside the school to film his horror movie by himself yeah. in the gym. Yeah. Sure. It doesn't. Okay. Again, I mean, we can just much. say he dies. Yeah, he dies. He, a werewolf kills him. Yeah. And the big plot is that Kay has all of these people in the basement of this school, like this whole, all these chained up people that she's turning into an army, army of, of werewolves. werewolves. Yeah. I li- I do like that reveal when, because Will's like, oh, they're food. And she's like, it's not food. They're, it's an army. But they're all these naked people in the basement of this high school. They've been chained up. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this is kind of a reveal out of nowhere because there's not been any mention of people going missing until now. Where does this come from? Yeah. Who are all these people? It's not something we've been keeping track of in any way. Right. Probably should have been keeping track of this instead of, I don't know, Stachin's horror movie (laughs) or Eliana's relationship with her father or, I don't know, most of the other things they try to tell us about in this movie. (laughs) So, I don't know. Kay kills the father and Will rejects her offer. Yeah. And so she decides... Well, Eliana tries to fuck him into turning into a werewolf. Yeah. To fight. And he keeps resisting. And then they take him. And then he turns into a werewolf. Let me know if I'm skipping anything. I mean, uh, the three henchmen, henchwolves die at various points. Yeah. There's like a big showdown with the mom. Yeah. It, basically, it culminates in this big werewolf fight between Will and his mom. And it's like, wow, it took us eight movies to get an actual werewolf fight. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) The Howling movies, none of them have a werewolf on werewolf fight. Six has a werewolf on vampire. Mm -hmm. That's the closest we get. And now we have a full-on werewolf fight. And the werewolf looks aren't that bad. No. They're they're kind of cool, actually, for, you know, the limitations they clearly had. Right. But, and then... Eliana comes in and saves the day and rips out Kay's heart. Because it turns out, even though Will didn't want to turn her into a werewolf, that 
he, he scratched, scratched her, her when so she actually gym. did turn yeah. into a werewolf. And then they blow up the school and they walk away in slow motion into the graduation ceremony. And the video that Will has been recording of himself transforming in a nod to the first Howling movie mm-hmm. uh, is playing on, on every TV everywhere for some reason. Yeah. Uh, because Sachin hacked into the entire city's network. Mm-hmm. And it's unclear then if they're going to... Because then there's all these post-credit scenes that hint at a werewolf... Armageddon, yes, a werewolf apocalypse, as it were, of werewolves taking over the world. And it kind of almost gives the idea that Will and Eliana, despite killing the army of werewolves, are part of this werewolf apocalypse. Yeah, it's unclear. It's very unclear if they're evil now. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't. The movie's a mess. Yeah. The movie's got a lot of ambition. It's got, does some things well, but it's a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. And that's The Howling Reborn. I can't tell if it's like feminist or misogynist. I don't think it can tell if it's feminist I or misogynist. I, I, it like has this weird like pro-abstinence, anti-polyamory and anti-promiscuity message to it too. It's, God, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a lot about the relationships in these movies. But before we do that, yeah. we have to pick the hottest werewolf in The Howling series. So we've already gone over the ones from one through four. Well, we got to recognize, and we've talked about them a little bit, so I'll try to make this brief. I just wonder if there's a universe I can go to to watch the Howling series that they got if Clive Turner had never been born. Right. We got to talk about this guy. He's a problem. There's so many turns where the Howling series could have gone one way, or even just an individual Howling film could have gone one way, and then Clive Turner got in the way of that so clive turner is australian according to imdb he was a location manager on howling three which would check out since he's australian right uh he's uncredited so i don't know how true that is but it would make sense for that to be when he came into the series because then he would have then through that gotten Stephen lane and bob pringle's numbers and been in their rolodex and so when he comes to four it's like he gives john hoff so much shit that john hoff wants his name taken off the movie and isn't proud of it. Turner reshoots most of the movie and releases this mess that cuts out most of the werewolf stuff. And it's like, at that point, it's like, well, he should be done, right? No, he comes back for five. (laughs) He writes and produces that. And acts in it. And acts in it. And he's not bad in that, actually. He he gives a pretty good performance, considering some of the performances in that film. He gives a... a, I mean, I think he's just playing himself. Yeah, (laughs) That's why. He kind of is just playing himself. He's very naturalistic. Yeah. But it's also just, again, it's another werewolf movie where we don't have a lot of werewolf. And I got to wonder if how much of that is Clive Turner's doing. And six, he's not around. I don't know why. I thank our lucky stars that he was busy at that time or something. It might have been, you know what? Was that the, that might the have Lawnmower been, Man? That might have been when he was producing Lawnmower Man. Mm. Yeah, we got lucky. Thank God for Lawnmower Man. So we got yes. Howling To six. give us Howling Sick. Yeah. But then he's back. For seven, and again, it's Roger Nall leaves the project and Turner takes over and makes it less about a werewolf. Clive Turner just fucking hates werewolves. Mm-hmm. Why is he involved in yeah, a werewolf series? How did he series? become so in charge of this series? Yeah, why did he become like yeah, a cornerstone of, I want to add, the only werewolf series of this length? Mm-hmm. Why did Clive Turner, why was he involved in that? He could have done any other goddamn thing, and he chose to get involved in a werewolf franchise 
and just take out all the fucking werewolves. Yeah, I was trying to look more into him, and it's hard to find a lot of information. Like, where did yeah. he come from? How did he get the rights to these I, films? Like, where? how did he get to be put so in charge yeah. of this? I just don't understand. I mean, it seems like Steve Lane and Bob Pringle were just not great at oversight in general. Right. Which is why we have this series that's so wild and all over the place. But it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I've looked for interviews on him, with him, interviews with other people about him, and I just can't find it. Yeah. And I'm so curious. Well, especially after The Howling 7. <laughs> what is that? So anyway, special, uh, I guess, shout out. Anti-shout out? Anti-shout out? Shout, shut down. Shout down. Shout down. A special shout down to Clive Turner. <laughs> special shout fuck you at Clive Turner. Okay. We have to pick the hottest werewolf of all time. So we already have our first four. So f- to recap, yeah. from one, you and I pick different ones. Yeah, but I, I think they can both be in, in the yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, they're both in the running. So I picked Eddie, you picked Marsha. Yep. Howling 2 is obviously Mariana. Mariana. Yep. Howling 3 is Olga. Howling 4 is Eleanor. So uh, unfortunately for three of these, we only have one choice. Uh, did you say unfortunately? I'm going to go ahead and say fortunately. Okay, you're right. Fortunately, <laughs> we only have one choice. Yeah. So in five, it's Mary Lou. Mary Lou, the only werewolf. In six, it's... Ian. Ian Richards. The only werewolf. In seven, it's, it's again Mary Lou as Cheryl. As Cheryl. Do we count that as a separate person since it's a different actress, or do we just say it's the same? I'd say let's count it as separate. Okay, so Cheryl. I mean, she's not going to win. <laughs> no. Let's be very clear about this. <laughs> Cheryl... So we don't need to argue whether she counts as a separate Cheryl, person. Cheryl Lou has no shot. So yeah, it's a moot argument. So then we have Reborn, yeah. which has... K. Catherine. K. K slash Catherine. Can we pause for a second? I am curious. Mm-hmm. Who attacks her at the beginning? I don't know. It's never revealed. Never. They, they keep alluding again to another like mark, a tattoo of a circle on people's arms. Mm-hmm. And there's like that motif comes up a few times. It's never explained. Right. It's never elaborated on. They don't even really hint at any or connect it to anything. It's just a thing that stands alone. It's almost like the thorn mark in Halloween 5 where you're just like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I like, guess we'll sure. find out in the next movie. There is no next movie. Yeah, I don't know who attacks her. It's never revealed. Okay. Just uh, the werewolf Illuminati, I guess. Well, so we have Kay, who's yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, what, what's her name? I- Ivana Mili- Milicevic? She's Milicevic. great. Yeah, she's so good. I yeah. love, she, her performance is the highlight of this movie. Oh, easily. Yeah. I mean- all she does is choose scenery. Yeah. You know that's my thing. <laughs> yeah. And then you have her three people. The I don't boy, do they I call have them names? The boys. I don't boys. know if they have names. And then of course you have Will. Will and, and Eliana. Eliana. Yeah. Should we just group them as the the trio? Yeah. The hot boys. Yeah. The hot boys. I'm, I'm the boys say, that don't go here. They're a horror throuple. Yeah, and I think that they're they count as one entry. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. They don't really have distinct identities. No. And they definitely all fuck each other. Oh, fucking for sure. With K yeah. or without. Yeah. Oh, it's, there's the, a real role play relationship going on with her and them. Yeah. This is the only of these four that have any kind of like sex vibes at all. And it's strong with the four of them. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. 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 And I mean, I think K, I mean, it's definitely not Will and Eliana. Like Eliana yeah. has her whole speech about why she's rolling that is kind of fun. And Eliana, as the movie goes on, you, you like 
care about her more. Yeah. And she gets a I lot hated more layered. Her at first. Oh yeah. At first you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. I hope you die immediately. Yeah. But then you, you, she really wins you over. Will, I don't give a shit about the entire film. I just don't care. Not the once. whole movie. I don't no. care about him. But Eliana, there's like a little bit of a roller coaster and, yeah. and I like her, but I don't think either. Kay, it's not even a close. Here's the thing. I want to be in that trio. I want to be with mm-hmm. all three of them. They're all fucking hot as shit. Oh, yeah. But not a single one of them holds a candle to Kay. No, it's just Kay's it's, in another it, movie. Yeah. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. She is in her own movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you got to applaud her for that. You got to applaud a performer who can make their own movie out of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, know? like this movie has a couple of interesting things script wise, reveal wise, but really, yeah, she's carrying this. Yeah. I, I give this movie a soft recommend, okay. you know, but it wouldn't even get that without her. Right. So now we got to rank them. So I feel like you want to put Cheryl at the bottom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she's, she's dead last. Sorry. So of nine hot werewolves, Cheryl is nine. Yeah. And then it gets real tough. It does but get tough. But I'm going to say the next one to go on the list at eight is Eleanor. Yeah. From yep. part four. Mm-hmm. That that checks out. Four is a dull movie, and Eleanor is the dullest version of this kind yeah. of character. Yeah. I will say I do think Eleanor deserves a better movie. Yes. But not that much better. <laughs> and then I think a very close jump up from that is Mary Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like Mary Lou, she doesn't do enough. The movie doesn't give her enough to do. Right. And then it gets real tough. Then it does get tough. So the top six, it's Marsha and Eddie from one, Mariana from two, Olga from three, Ian Richards from six, and Kay from eight. God, that is tough. I hate to say this. This hurts. No, you're not going to say what I think you're going to say. It has to be Eddie. No. I, I won't let you do this. Really? Eddie's hot, but he, he's... He's not he's, in it that often. He's not only not in it that or often... you're going to bring up the murderer thing. Yeah, but he's... All, well, I mean, they're all murderers. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Um, <laughs> no, it's that he's specifically like a stalker and yeah. a... Like, he is toxically masculine. Yeah. And the shit that he pulls with Karen is not okay. And I don't feel right as hot as he is ranking him any higher. Really? Even though Kay is like possibly incestuous minded about her son. I mean, that's suggested. Eddie actually tries. Yeah. I feel like we have to draw the line at being like a fucking creep. (laughs) All right. All right. I feel like Eddie is six. Yeah. Well, and then Kay. Really? I put Kay before Mariana because look, as much as Kay carries that movie... I still, it's like, she's still a pro, like, you know, she's an anti-vaxxer. Okay. Yeah. She also definitely is a part of some kind of multi-level marketing scheme. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, like, she's a Karen. Like, she's a big Karen, Karen, like, libertarian Karen. Like, this whole thing, like, your dad made you soft. Like, it's. She has a safe full of guns. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Where were you on January 6th, Kay? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Look, she, don't get me wrong. She is hot as Fuck. Mm-hmm. Like she and You know she's good in fuck. Oh bed. my like god. Oh so get out of town. Bed. Yeah. Please kill me. <laughs> would you fuck Rip Kay my if it meant off. that she would eat you at the end of it? Like if she praying mantis <laughs> you, would you still fuck her? Oh god, maybe. <laughs> suicide by Kay. <laughs> Worth it? Question mark. <laughs> Every suicide yeah, begins with the- Kay. 
<laughs> no, she is. She is. Yeah. But also like, good God, a conversation with her would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. There are a lot of packs in which, and the whole idea of alpha in real life in nature is mm-hmm. actually like a faulty concept. Most packs kind of the term alpha and who is alpha has some fluctuating yeah. capacity mm-hmm. with K there, there is no room. No, no, she is 100% alpha and nobody is above her and if or we're equal. G- if we're going to compare her to the whole like hot werewolf homewrecker template, like we got with Eleanor and Marsha and them, it's like K's the version of that. That is like, yeah, politically radically right wing. And like, she's like, if Marsha did yoga, <laughs> She's also, as far as homewrecker goes, she's the nuclear option. Yeah. <laughs> she's not just like seducing your man and moving him away from you. No. You know, she wants to annihilate yeah. your concept of family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's bad yeah. news. She's told bad she's news. She's super bad. Yeah, she she's might the bad be, news you fall for, though. She, exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, she might be in a lot of ways the most urgently, immediately hottest mm-hmm. of them all. Yes. But it's like... It's brought down by the fucking drama that it comes with. Yeah. By the because she is the most problematic with. of them. Yeah, all. like she's gonna get you arrested at at least. At least that's like best case yeah, scenario. Best case <laughs> scenario is you doing life in prison <laughs> when you when you start out with K. So then it's Mariana. God, I don't know. I still like. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess what we're faced with now is Ian, Ian, and Olga, Olga, Marcia, who are both protagonists in some way. Yeah, which gives them a big leg up. Which gives them a big leg up. And then Marsha, Marsha is not really, she, I mean, she's an antagonist. Yes. And Mari, Mariana is an antagonist, but I feel like she's less of an antagonist, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I also feel like Marsha's hotter. I don't. Really? I think I'm more into Mariana than I am to Marsha. Okay. Also, Mariana is explicitly bisexual. Yeah, and you know what? Marsha kind of also has some of this like weird, like regressive reactionary views on like the social order, you know? Like she, that is true. Marsha probably is also anti-vax, anti-masker. She's probably a COVID denier. She probably like thinks that her kids shouldn't learn critical race theory in school. Like she's she's a homeschooler, let's be oh. clear. Oh, she is for sure a homeschooler. Yeah, and she definitely is one of those like like she, she, she probably goes to like Turning Point USA and like CPAC and then she, like she's she's almost like the Q shaman. She's like the w- woman version of the QAnon shaman. Oh my god, totally! Right? Like yes, they, that's she's that's got that so energy true. to her, and I I just can't hang with that. And I don't see any of that in Mariana. Mariana's going to like punk shows and like yeah, she's a werewolf killing people, but that's what she does. Yeah, that's just. That's a side thing. That's yeah. like part of the whole. Like, I know it, it seems blasphemous to put any character from the first movie below any character from the other movies, but I think Mariana is above Marsha. Okay, I'm with you. Marsha's four. Okay. And then Mariana's... I don't think that's blasphemous. This okay. is Hottest Werewolf. This isn't like best, best movie. movie. Yeah. So then Mariana's three. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, expli- like you said, explicitly bisexual. You know, top three, we got to have at least one queer werewolf in there. Yeah, for real. Because werewolves are inherently queer, just yeah. like vampires. And if you don't think that, you're homophobic. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so then it comes down to Olga and Ian. I have my top, and it's the one that can top me. I mean, I'm with you. Yeah? Yeah, Ian's number one, Ian's Olga's number, one. number two. Easily. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank God. I was worried it was going to be a fight. Yeah, no, because, look. Ian's sick. the best. Ian's the best. Ian, you just love Ian. That scene where him and Lizzie are in the haunted graveyard... 
like the whole that haunt you know oh, with yeah, all this yeah, shit yeah. it's so it's great so i love yeah ian's the best yeah. ian is just the best Agreed. Just as long as he remembers not to take a nap on the one full moon of the month, Ian, get your shit together. (sighs) I also love that he turns Lizzie down at first. Like he has that whole little fantasy when she comes into his room, but then he's like, no. Because he knows better. Yeah, makes him hotter. Agreed, agreed. Somebody who knows, you know, that they have too many problems that we're really one just big one, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So they try to resist somebody who is clearly a good match for them is really hot. Yeah. He helps with the rebuilding the church. Mm-hmm. For just room and board. He can't get paid. Which, by the way, here's another really wild part about Six that I love. Is there's this whole side subplot about this depressed town and yeah. this mayor yeah. election coming. When there's corruption. Yes. Like, it's so weird. And it's it's never really resolved. No. Like the town is going through this drought, people are leaving, a lot of everybody's struggling. There's people that are angry with the lady who owns the bank. They want their money. Like, yeah. Again, I would watch this movie without the werewolf stuff. Right. I would probably watch this movie without the carnival stuff. Yeah. It's still in it's three interesting movies piled on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And at the end, yeah. It gets a little hurried and some stuff gets left behind and there are some things left unresolved and there are some confusing things. But like ultimately it's like that we had a good time and hey, they left me wanting more. It's not a movie that outstays its welcome, unlike a lot of these other movies. Right. I just yeah, I'm sorry. I could gush about Howling Six. Because it's great. Yeah. Here's how hot Ian is though, is that when he's telling his traumatic backstory past, you know, about the horrible shit he went through when he was a kid. You got hard. Sorry. (laughs) No, but Lizzie got wet. (laughs) Like, that traumatic story turned Lizzie on. And she wanted to fuck him while he was saying all that. That's how hot Ian is. That also says something about Lizzie. Well, Lizzie's not... I love that he leaves her. And and Dewey. And Well, yeah, Yeah. he's like, he takes Winston. Yeah. That's the other thing that makes Ian so fucking hot is that he cares so much about Winston. Yeah, well, yeah, the only two really, truly amazing people in this movie walk away from it you know? yeah like he, he picks i mean i don't know if winston survives or not but it's i'd debatable. like to think that ian and winston are still together to this day yeah they'd make a cute couple yeah the werewolf and the alligator boy speaking of let's talk about relationships <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 in the howling movies <laughs> yeah. yeah because uh these four have plenty of relationships at work just like the others no werewolf sex no not in this grip not one single case of werewolf sex yeah well, part of the problem is three of these movies only have one werewolf. Yeah. So then we just have to talk about the relationships. And unfortunately, we have to talk about the most complicated of them first. <sighs> Howling 5, The Rebirth. Yeah, so you have... So many people. Oh my God. There's so many people and they all are like trying to fuck one of the other people mm-hmm. or maybe multiple other people or they have... Like Richard alone has a wife... Yes, but and a mistress. And a mistress, and tries to hit on Anna. And also Mary Lou, too, right? Or Pro- no, just Anna. Probably, I don't know. I mean, he would he would fuck anything <laughs> yeah. that walks. Yeah. And po- I mean, Richard is the prick of the group. Yeah. So, okay, but talking about the relationships. Yeah. I think we can take Peter and Susan and say they are our Chris and Terry of this <laughs> they are, movie. I love them so They're much. They're perfect. Until, They're fine. Until one of them accidentally decapitates the other one. Yeah, but yeah. that wasn't... It's an accident. Yeah. Okay, you can't hold that against him. Okay, so, and I think you've already kind of said it. Richard belongs with no one. 
His wife needs to get free of him, find a life of her own where she isn't just being strung along. Well, and Catherine's pretty miserable, but they also just fight the whole time. So, like, obviously that's not going to work. Yeah. Although maybe, I mean, Richard sucks and Catherine sucks, so maybe they should be together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, put the two terrible people together yeah, but, away know, from everybody else. But yeah, see, that's the thing is you have to guarantee they're away from everybody else. And, and you that's, can't, you do, can't that. do that. Like, I, look, let me tell you, I was at an airport last year. I saw this couple fighting and it was one of those like, Jesus I, Christ. I love a couple that has the balls to fight in an airport. Oh my God. Right. And like they're, when they're yelling at each other. Oh like, wow. That level. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like under the breath. Like God. Damn no, 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 Richard. no, no. It's like yelling at each. And like, like I wanted to go up to this woman and be like, I hope you're le- like when, cause at one point she said, I'm leaving you when we get there. Like I, wow. I, I want to go up to her and be like, I hope you fucking mean that. Cause you need to get away from this guy. Wow. That's like, a lot. Yeah. This that's that's what Richard and Catherine are, mm-hmm. and you can't like they're gonna start these things places, and you just nobody likes that. So you know what we need to do with uh, Richard and Catherine <laughs> is we need to just give them Ray and put the three of them <laughs> oh on an god, island. Oh my god, they kill each other. I was gonna say, can we put them on the Chucky and Tiffany island? <laughs> totally. Well, because nobody wants any of the three of them. Uh, you don't want to give them a Christian Slater because you just don't want to do that to Christian Slater. Yeah, don't waste a qu- Christian Slater on them. <laughs> yeah. So I think you just put Ray, Richard, and Catherine on an island. I mean, I think... With, thank, Chuck, with 100 Chuckies and 100 yeah. Tiffany's. Or you just put them in a castle with a werewolf and let them die. <laughs> yeah, right. What, thankfully, they're both dead, so... You're right, because honestly, none of them should be in relationships. Yeah. I still want Gail and David. Like, at the beginning, it sort of hints at them yeah, being Yeah, they're flirting. Thing. Yeah. And then the weird thing about this movie is, like, that. I mean, that's how this group is introduced is starting with the two of them in a very, a little flirtatious kind of situation. And they don't really have any interactions beyond that, which is weird. And then at the end, it's like hinted that David and Mary Lou, even though Mary Lou started off being aggressively hit on by Jonathan. Right. And that weird scene hit on anybody who is next to her. But Jonathan is the aggressor in the scene where he's trying to get her to hook up with him and she won't do it. So Jonathan's an asshole, too. Well, I honestly do believe Jonathan and Mary Lou belong together. Really? Yeah. I mean, their meat cute is pretty great. Yeah. But they're both just kind of like not good people, but not in the like Catherine Richard Ray way. I'm, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Okay. I think Anna and Mary Lou. Ooh, I, well, but Mary Lou's shitty to Anna. I don't know if she can she recover is, from that. Anna's She's like, like, you're old. But Anna thinks it's funny. Like, Anna, like, she goes, you have a way with words. That scene where Anna and, and Mary Lou keep saying the shitty things to Anna, which is hilarious that she just keeps saying, like, oh, you, you must have been pretty when you were younger, whatever she says. Right. They're talking about men, I think, right? Isn't that the whole thing is they're talking about their experiences with men, etc. Mm-hmm. And, like, Anna, you feel like she's not used to being talked to this way. And she, and gets, she, likes a, it. she gets a little kick out of it. Yeah, it's, you're so right. There's, yeah, there's like a little bit of that, like, well, I'm a princess and everyone treats me like one, so I love this scoundrel that's being a scoundrel to me, kind so of. So you're saying that you want, like, the All About Eve as a porn. Yeah, 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 with werewolves, as a werewolf <laughs> with, porn. Yeah, Werewolf porn. Yeah. You know what? I actually see that. I'm with you. Okay, so and, and Anna look, and in Mary hu- Lou. They're in Hungary. That's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Disturba Castle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Maybe they can go have an orgy. Maybe they go get <laughs> Vlad. Vlad would do well in that. Yeah. But Vlad's busy with Eleanor. 
Look, if Vlad and Eleanor don't work out, I want to introduce Vlad to Anna and Mary Lou. Okay, so wait. Then what happens with Jonathan? Do we send Jonathan with the Richard and... <laughs> Jonathan dies. <laughs> Jonathan just dies. Oh, we kill him. Yeah, we just so kill him. that's our matchmaking service is when we don't feel like somebody is has a match, we murder them. Yeah, well, I don't want to... I mean, maybe we just give Jonathan to Richard and Catherine and... the And Ray. And Ray and let them work it out. <laughs> Poor professor. Yeah, he has nobody. He has no one. And I love him. He's such a dork. I really love the professor. And I really don't like... I think what happens to him and Gail is just cruel. Because they're... Yeah. Because they're the two best people. Yeah. And they die first. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, nobody in this castle is good for the professor. Okay, so... What about the Count? I think the Count's asexual. I don't think the Count wants Yeah, you know what? That's a a person. Yeah. So the only people we're matching up here is Anna and Mary Lou... And Gail and David. Yeah. And we're putting Richard, Catherine, Ray, and Jonathan <laughs> we just put on them an them in the maze in the dungeon? Okay, yeah. so those are the relationships of five. Yeah. Okay. Six. The Six. freaks. We have a couple of relationships Well, here. there's like, you've got the townspeople, and then you have the carnival yes. community, and they're two separate communities. And here's the thing. I think you got to mix those communities up a little bit. Really? Yeah. Well, it... Let's talk about the relationships that exist. Okay. Do you believe that Carl Carlotta and Toons belong together? Absolutely. Yeah? They are so in love. They really are in love. They are evil. Okay. Yes. And their representation feels questionable. Indeed. <laughs> the malevolence of them feels a little like, how do I put this politely? Shakespearean. That aside. And it is problematic, but I also fucking love them. Yeah. I love them. I love their relationship. They will last forever. I love that they're in a relationship. Yeah. I love that that is a detail in this movie. Yeah. You know, it makes me really happy. Yeah, and there's no, they have no shame about it. They're openly affectionate with each other. They seem to have the same goals. They have common interests for sure. They enjoy doing the same things and they enjoy each other's company. Right. And that's, what more can you ask for? So are they our Chris and Terry? They're our Chris and Terry. Okay, Toons, wow. Toons, Mr. Toons and Carl Carlotta are our Chris and Terry in Howling Six, the freaks. I love them. They are great. <laughs> I absolutely love them. And I want more of them. So then you have Ian and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. They're fine. I mean, Ian's better. I feel like Ian's better than Elizabeth. I think Ian has served the purpose he serves in Lizzie's life. Oh, yeah. So this is just like a... a it's the hot, the hot stranger that comes in and shows Lizzie that there's a bigger world out there and sometimes there's hot fuckable strangers in it. Yeah. This makes me really happy. I was really worried you were going to make me fight for them not being together. But, no, I, okay. I don't think that they're... T- I think they're a summer fling. I think they're a rebuild the church fling. Yeah, and, okay. And they hook up and it's real hot, but he's got to move on and she's got to move on. Mm-hmm. To where? Where do you think Lizzie should go? I mean, well, she just needs to go out and see the world right? in her way, which is not the same way as Ian, you know? Yeah. Also, Ian, I feel like, and Winston. Again, yeah. yeah. Ian and they're, Winston. There are people. There are a thing now. And, and, and who even knows how long that's going to last, you know? Right. Well, I think it'll last for a while. I think they might venture away from each other. Yeah. But like, I think they'll be like partners for life. In the way that they're like helping each oh, they'll, other. Through. They'll be in each other's lives. Yeah, yeah. For sure. In one way or the other. And you know what? Lizzie doesn't need anybody right now. No, I, Lizzie's partner's not in this movie if she's going to have one. No. You know? Yeah. She will go out and she will find somebody. Yeah. 
And I and I love that for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I really she, do like. She Lizzie. needs to experience the world. She needs to like figure some shit out. Yeah. And Ian was her window into that. Yeah, exactly. Here's my hope for Lizzie, because mm-hmm. Lizzie's biggest problem is Dewey, because Dewey is a moron and is incapable of <laughs> yeah. anything. And yeah. I think that she felt obligated. And he, Dewey even says to her, I wish you would act your age as in go out and have fun. But she obviously feels like she needs to stick around and take care of him because he can't take care well, of himself. Yeah, that's the other thing. And I think that the, her relationship with Ian and the whole situation taught her that like she needs to step away from that and yeah. she needs to move on. Well, Dewey's going to have to learn how to take care of himself. I think, I don't know, Dewey... Maybe needs some kind of group home. I mean, unfortunately, right now Dewey's wounded, and is probably going to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. which is probably going to make Lizzie stick around even longer. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Whatever. The ta- the mayor's dead. <laughs> Fucking the town's the, not the, the same. The person running against the mayor is dead. Yeah, most of the town is dead. The sheriff's dead. The town's done. The town is over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Walmart came in. <laughs> right? It's fucking gone. Stripped it bare. Yeah. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the carnival's a, a metaphor for Walmart. <laughs> R.B. Walton, more like. Okay. Okay, so that's that's the couple. What about Harker? <laughs> Does he belong with anybody? God, I, I mean... If Bellamy didn't die... Maybe Harker and Bellamy. I mean, the two of them were really cute together. It, you know, yeah, it, there is almost an implicit relationship between her i mean there is a relationship between harker and bellamy like a, one of subordination but also but like, one of care yeah and genuine I, care i do feel like i feel like this is one of those things where it's like for a long time harker gave more power to bellamy but now with this werewolf situation harker's maybe icing bellamy out a little bit and maybe right. that's leading to some jealousy on bellamy's part it's definitely like the Ian thing has like affected the Harker Bellamy relationship. Yeah. Well, speaking of Harker, in a way, Bellamy is Renfield and Ian is Jonathan Harker. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Yeah. Or Mina. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't know if Harker again is capable of like a romantic relationship, let alone a sexual relationship. Right. But there's definitely some weird dynamics at work there. Yeah, I think ultimately if Harker is going to end up with anybody, if it's possible, it's going to need to be somebody more powerful. Yeah, I mean, it might have to be another fucking vampire, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Hey, let's give him to Louis and Lestat. <laughs> no, they have would, Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Yeah, they don't need they don't need Harker. No. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe what Harker needs is just like Barlow from Salem's Lot, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. They would look cute uh, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? That feels very like vampire, you know, gay cruise mm-hmm. pictures. Like yeah. when I see the two of them together. Obviously yeah. not in the sunlight. And obviously, like Harker needs to settle down. This whole traveling carnival thing is not. You know, he's not good for it, and it's not good for him, I don't think. Right, because I think it makes it his motivations very unclear. Yeah, well, I mean, he's exploiting people. It's not... Yeah. He, he's, he gives this whole song and dance about respect and community. He clearly doesn't mean any of that, yeah. you know? So I think we can move on to the relationships. Oh, of do the, we have to? Yes, we have to. Can we not just skip this one? I mean, there's not a lot to say. <laughs> I mean, my problem with it is I don't know where to begin with what to say. About the relationship in this movie. Okay, well, there's one very clear relationship, only one. Pappy and Harriet. 
Well, they were a real married couple. I feel like their relationship is embellished a little bit for this movie. This whole the whole thing of oh, him you drinking think? and her not liking him drinking. He also passed away shortly after oh, that's they finished this movie. I never did you ever go you never went to Pappy and Harriet's, did you? No. You lived in LA. Did you? No, I was supposed to go there so many times. We almost held an open mic there once and I didn't go. I've had friends play shows there and I didn't go. I never went. And I kind of regret that. I especially regret it now. <laughs> so but, as a couple though, as a couple, Pappy and Harriet, I feel like they're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're fine. They run a successful business. They have lots of good banter, yeah. you know. Yeah, Pappy and Harriet, sure, I believe they're fine. They're yeah. fine. They're okay. We don't need to do any work with they're, them. They're playing music together. They're fostering a local music community. Well, and then who? I mean, who else really is there? It's either Ted and Cheryl or Ted and Yvonne. Evian, Evian, who is? They don't say her name until near the end of the movie. No, they say it early. Oh, really? I missed yeah, it. Then. It's like very early, like the first time you meet her and then not again till the end. Yeah. They say her name twice in the movie, yeah. one at the beginning and one at the end. And like I spent the whole movie being like, who the fuck is this? What is her name? Evan. But, but it doesn't matter because I, she's not going to end up with Ted because Ted's been lying to her the whole fucking time. Yeah. And she deserves And better. she didn't find out till after he slept with her. She also, she has a very specific life that you can tell she really enjoys. She likes being a waitress in Pioneer Town and doing her line dancing. Yeah. Which Ted can't even line dance. Do you, that scene where he shows up to line dance and like comes up on Evan and like to line dance with her and just starts like grinding a bit yeah. on her and it's like she's doing a thing. There's That's a, not how line dancing works, Ted. So much line dancing in there's this movie. There's a lot of line dancing. The whole time he just wants to sleep with her. It seems like, mm-hmm. but she's like, I want to know it's true. Like, there's no way she's staying with him because. He's already deceived her. Right. Like she she wanted to wait to sleep with him until she knew it was right. And now she's forever going to feel betrayed. So like it's already over. Like whether you believe in them or not, it's not happening anymore. There's no, They're not getting past that. And Ted just, werewolf or not, he sucks. Yeah, Ted sucks. I feel like Ted is the type that is going to stay in this community for a very long time. But he's always going to be that person in the community that like everybody in the community likes and get alongs with. But warns everybody about you know yeah, i don't think he's staying in this community i think they already all don't like him you know the tape thing i think burned him yeah yeah because he was talking some shit yeah and he's also going to prison because he assaults the sheriff yeah i mean well i question how law works in this <laughs> yeah, slowly <laughs> <laughs> but so so the only relationship really in this movie is pappy and harriet well no there's jack and jacqueline oh my god which who- Okay. Poor Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I love his shirts. They're great. Why is everybody always making fun of his shirt? You wearing Jacqueline's shirt? First of all, stop being fucking homophobic. It's super homophobic. It's super what this is. Also, those shirts are nice. They're all And nice. he's a big man. There are probably not a lot of places that carry shirts that are styled to his liking. Mm-hmm. And so when he gets one, it's probably special. And you need to fucking respect that. Right. And to have that be a running bit is so rude. And yeah. So offensive. I don't. And, and he, I, the way he reacts every time somebody says it is exactly how I would react. He just gets up and walks away. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not going to fucking listen to this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Jack deserves a better community. He does. And Jacqueline laughs at it too, which I don't really like. So they're not the greatest couple. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no matchmaking to be done no. in Pioneer Town. No, I just wanted an excuse to say poor Jack. <laughs> <laughs> poor Jack. What about the priest and the detective? Do you think they're going to end up together? 
I mean, I think they'll, they probably did a couple quick hand jobs. <laughs> In between like, stories. Yeah, yeah, well, the priest is talking about the Hungarian castle. The <laughs> inspector's like, all right, hold on. Can we take a break to jerk each other off real quick? <laughs> take a shot. Whip it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to spit in my palm. Take a rain check on this story. Okay. I don't want to talk about New Moon Rising anymore. Okay, so we can, we can move on to Reborn. Yeah. And there's also not a lot of relationships here. What are you talking about? There's so many. Okay, yeah, there's not. Will and Eliana both suck. They deserve each other. Well, Eliana's better than Will. Eliana's better than Will, but definitely doesn't need to end up with Roland. No. I mean, I don't think Eliana and Will last either. I think this is like the, you know, the end of high school relationship. The minute one of them, one of them goes to college, this is over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah like, they're not lasting. They might try to make it last first semester of freshman year, but Christmas break, pff, that's a breakup. Yeah. That's a fucking breakup. Here's the thing about the relationships in Reborn is that when I said there's not many to talk about, it's because none of the legitimate partners, like the people that these people should end up with, are actually in this movie with each other, except the trio of <laughs> yeah. werewolves. Well, the trio and K. Oh, yeah, yeah, the four K, of them. K and the trio, yeah. their thing, and, they, and need the trio. To, they need to be their little polycule, their little milf. Yeah, if she had just stuck with that, polycule. if she didn't try to raise this wolf army and recruit her estranged son, if she just stuck with her, like, trio, she, yeah, that's just, great. Just be happy with happy. your bad boy thruple, they lady. Were, yeah, that, that's what they wanted. That's what she was happy with before. She just... If she didn't try to expand beyond that in such a big way, well, yeah. I think she could have expanded small. She she was thinking too big. If she had started well, yeah, small, she was trying to go for a full sex cult, and it's like, who do you think you are, Sturba? I'm yeah, sorry, right? it's that sex cult wasn't built in a day. She's been around for ten thousand years. Yeah, exactly. Recruit your son. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, don't. Um, don't you know, leave, that's let your thing. son leave do your his son own out thing. Of it. Leave your son out of it, and just start small. Find a couple, bring them into the fold. You know, like get a castle. That's you can't just yeah. jump. You don't into even a have a castle cult. right now, lady. Right? What are you doing? Where are you gonna keep a sex cult in your apartment? Yeah, well, that's the thing. She's building this werewolf army in the basement of the high school. <laughs> like that's her space. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Kay. Go to Hungary. There's a castle waiting for you. So our relationship advice for Reborn is: Will go off on your own. Yeah. Eliana, go off on your own. Kay, stick with what you know. Yeah. Go slow. Keep your trio. Cougar and the fuck boys. Cougar and the fuck boys. You know what? Sachin. Yeah. I got nothing for him. He was a bad friend. Yeah, he's a terrible he's friend. He's a bad friend. He's also homophobic. Yeah. Well, he that's Styles and Teen Wolf again. That's what they're just making the gritty version of that, except with less slurs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's homophobic. He sucks. He's a bad friend. Yeah. Forget him. You know who we needed more of? Who? I think her name's Regina, but I could be wrong. The valedictorian. Oh. Who's giving? Who starts off her speech with, "We're not going to let this rain on our parade <laughs> during the rain." I love it. Yeah. I love her. I think she's adorable, and we needed more of her. But she will also find her significant other elsewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. What if she goes to the same college as Eliana and they end up together? <gasps> I love. That's that what for I them. want. Oh my god, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. I ship Regina and Eliana. <laughs> okay, I think we've done good work here today. Yeah. The best work possible with. The Howling films. Yeah. The pale, pale light. The pale, pale light of the moon glow. All right. Well, that wraps up season three. Does it? 
I, I actually don't know. We're ending season three with a howling episode. I, I mean, maybe not, though. Yeah. Everything's we, up in the air. It really is. You know, this season did not go the way we planned no. it. We had to skip episodes. We had to cancel episodes. We had to push things ahead. So we might, this might not be the end of season three. I, I, you know, I'm fine with this being the official end of season three, but we probably got some things ready to go later. Yeah. I mean, the, look, the listener engagement episode is still going to happen. Is still going to happen. We have plenty of material to cover for it. We just have not been able to do it yet. So that's going to be coming. And I don't know what we're doing for October. Well, that's season four. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, like, we, we can't even give you a, a teaser for the next season because we don't know what's gonna, what it's going to look like. So we're just ending season three in a really uncertain way. Yeah. But it's been an uncertain time. Summer's a messy time. It is. You know? It's been busy and it's been messy. Yeah. So it's apropos that we end with a messy fucking series of movies. <laughs> Actually, yeah. It's that's been a, a real messy year, a real messy season. So we get a messy film franchise. And yeah, and we'll be back sometime, some way, somehow. And until then, bye, good luck. I've always known the theories of werewolves. I'm not an asshole, man. I'm just misunderstood. Okay, I'm an asshole. Don't move or I'll shoot your dick into the next county. I guess I won't move then. TTFN. Bye, good luck.